Welcome. This is Karen Modakaitis, and you're listening to How She Really Does It, the place where inspiration and possibility meet. So, how are you doing? We've grown a lot over the last nine or 10 months, and we're going to get many more opportunities to do that because this is this one precious thing called life. The one thing I realized last week is that there was a day I woke up and it was a great day. There was some great news that came through and there was excitement and hope. And by the end of the day, there was fear and sadness. And one of the things that's really important for you to embrace, to be able to have resilience, to get through this thing that we call our one precious life is to be able to have the capacity to hold the tensions of all of that, to be able to wake up and to really embrace something great that's going on in your life and knowing that at any moment (laughs) there can be a shit show and that's okay because that my friend is the truth of how we move through this thing called life. So being able to have the capacity to hold through those tensions was something I got extra practice at last week. And I invite you to hold that space for yourself as we go through, because it's really important to enjoy those moments where there's excitement. There's something really good that's happening. That way you have the capacity for when those painful things happen and you can move through that too. And we can have both all at the same time. And I talk about that a lot here. So that was what's going on last week in the last week or so. And we've been practicing it all throughout 2020. Today, I want to talk with you about what kind of storyteller are you? And this is really important because we talk all the time. I spend a great deal of time every week listening to people and listening to their stories. And it's so interesting because when you listen, you can hear a lot about what people believe about themselves, what they believe is possible for themselves, and where they can get stuck in the swampland. So what kind of storyteller are you? The stories you tell can hold you back or they can empower you. And here's the thing, my friend, you get to choose. And what I invite you to do after today is become a storyteller of the future you want. So I'm going to talk about that. We are all storytellers. We talk about what happened in the day. Maybe you come home at night and or at the dinner table and you talk about what happened during the day. Where are you focused on? Are you focused on the problems, the bad things, or are you able to embrace and share the good things? Or do you discount the good things? Like I talked about when I started the show of I woke up and I went for a walk with my girlfriend and I said, today is a great day. And I shared with her why. And I was really excited about the day. And by the end of the day, there were things that were happening in the world that were quite sad and creating a lot of fear, but I could hold on to all of it and I could be with it. And it's really important to pay attention to what's the story you're going to tell others about it. What's the story you're going to tell yourself about it? 
because the stories you tell are informative of how you see the world and how you see yourself. So I used to have a story of, I'm a loser. I'm a loser from Loser Street. And when I would tell that story, I was only focusing on the things I've lost and my perceptions of losing, right? It was the shame of not accomplishing what I wanted, the losing face, the, you know, my mistakes that I had made that I thought, whether it was something I said that was maybe not okay. And only most of the time was only what I thought, because, you know, we're really hard on ourselves compared to what other people are to us. But I always focused on the losses and it wasn't my entire story. That loser story was all encompassing. If it if something happened to somebody else, I'm like, oh, of course that happened. It happened because I'm a loser. I would insert myself into other people's stories that were connected to me. So your stories, they direct your focus. What are you looking for? When I believed I was a loser, I would look for all the problems. I'm a loser tells my brain to find evidence to prove I'm a loser. And the truth is, I'm not a loser. And while yes, I've lost a lot and I've had fallen down moments and I've had friendships that have ended and so on and so forth, and bad things have occurred in my life, but that's only one part of my story. The other part is I'm one hell of a deliberate creator and I can be a force of nature when I feel inclined to be. And, you know, as I remember a girlfriend was saying to me about 10 years ago, she was so confused. She's like, Corinne, you're a person that you create what you want. (laughs) What's this loser story? She just really had a hard time understanding it. But when I would get wrapped up into it, I couldn't see the possibilities. And this place here on how she really does it is where inspiration and possibilities meet. So the kind of story that you tell yourself can impact what you can see as possible for your life. So when I would get into this, I'm a loser storytelling, that's an example of story fondling. I go round and round and round about how I'm a loser. This is what's happened to me. Oh my gosh, poor me. You know, they're mean villains out in the world. (laughs) And literally I would do this and I would want the white knight to come and rescue me. Right. I would think about that. I'm like, oh, I need somebody to come and save me because I didn't want to save myself or I didn't believe I could. That is not empowerment. (laughs) because then I'm relying on other people. So back in the days when I would love to tell the story and indulge in the story of I'm a loser, my brain would find all these stories to prove I was indeed a loser. And here's the problem. When you want to create something that's not being a loser, where like, hey, I live a great life, or I'm able to create the results that I want, holding on to that I'm a loser gets in the way because you're not going to be able to believe in yourself. Instead, you find more stories of where you are a loser. My brain used to be really great at story fondling because I didn't know better. I was like, oh, this is being authentic. I'm talking about what had happened, you know, and I'm sharing it. But I would talk about the story over and over and over again. And really what was happening was it was a way to verbally vomit what was uncomfortable inside of me. And I was seeking validation from others to tell me that it wasn't true. And they would tell me, but it would go through me. It was like those hourglasses, those time, the sand things, when you flip it over, that's how it would go through me. They tell me the validation that I wanted to hear, but it would go right through me. 
And so then that's when I used to live in the swamplands, pitch the tent and build the campfire and tell the story over and over and over again, exhausting myself and others around me. So pay attention. Are you a past focused storyteller? Do you define yourself, your life, your career, your past by the stories of maybe what an old boss told you? I can't tell you how often I'm coaching a client and they'll bring that in. Well, I was told X. Okay. But that was 20 years ago, right? Or maybe an old partner or spouse or romantic relationship, somebody in a romantic relationship with you made a comment. Oh, well, you're a strategic dresser and that creates so much shame inside of you, right? Maybe it's past friendships. Maybe it's events that happened in your life. And what happens when you are a past focused storyteller and you keep telling these stories over and over and over, you start to define this is what your future is being able to determine for you based on your past results. And here's the thing, we must believe in our future that we can create and learn new things, not that your future is based on past evidence. So check in, are you a past focused storyteller? Or maybe you're a, let me tell you all these things. These are the people that defined me. These are the people that limited me. These are the things that I went through. Does this help you feel confident or does this take you down? And are you trying to prove that you're less than? Sometimes I have clients who it's like they have this hypothesis and it's like they're in a court of law and they're trying to prove (laughs) this story by gathering all this evidence, I'm like, is that really the story you want to prove? Like you're coming in and you're trying to defend this belief that's really limiting you, the story that's really limiting you. So are you a, look at how hard my life has been and poor me and woe is me. Or are you a, look at how hard this has been and here's how I've overcome and here's how I'm strong and here's what I'm creating. Paying attention to that. So we can be a past storyteller. We can be a, oh my gosh, I'm really, life is hard. Life is against me. Is that the stories you want to tell? Or do you want to be a future focused storyteller? And this is different than being a dreamer or a wisher. Like there's a fantasy storyteller who can be rooted in actual shame or fear where you want to hide away from reality but you don't take action. So you dream about stuff. It's like, okay, I want the, you know, I want the white knight to come and rescue me and solve all my problems. I want to marry rich. I want to get picked. I want somebody to come find me and solve all my problems. But when you're in that place, notice that you're probably rooted in shame of I'm not enough, but somebody's going to come find me and prove to me that I am actually enough. And The other thing to look at is when you're in this fantasy dreamer, you know, storytelling, it's this rescuing, is your story filled with substance or is it you talking? But then what's the cost to you? Because if you don't take action from these stories, then is it, oh, but I never get what I want anyways. Or is it that you're running away for the good life? right? Versus you're constantly dreaming of, oh, this is what it'll be. The grass is going to be greener on the other side. I get to escape from this burden and I can dream about this. Well, the problem is, is that the running away, there's always going to be like what I talked about in the beginning of the show. There's always going to be the tension of great things and difficult things, no matter where you are, 
life isn't just a bowl full of peaches. I don't even know why I just said that. But life isn't just like, oh, happy, happy, joy, joy. There's all of it. We're going to have all the feelings. So being comfortable with all the feelings. When my clients achieve their goals and the results that they want, and they're mind blowing, there's also still bad days or hard days or difficult things. And so being comfortable, having the tension of great things and difficult things. We're humans. This is part of it. So when you are a fantasy storyteller, a dreamer, but you're not taking action and you're always talking about what you want to do, but you've been doing that for 20 years, but you're not taking action. What's the cost to you in terms of your own self-trust? You believe you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And that's the cost of being a fantasy dreamer. I'm not saying it's not, you shouldn't dream and you should be practical. That's what I'm talking about. But it's that other layer where you are using it as escapism. And that's something that's really important to pay attention to. And that's a different than a future focused storyteller. Because a future focused storyteller is this is about what you're creating, what you're aspiring to be. The future focus is much different than a fantasy storyteller because the fantasy storyteller can be rooted in shame and fear where you want to hide away from reality, but don't take action. A future focus is this is where I'm going. This is what I'm going to create. You haven't done it yet. You may not even know how, and that's okay. But you're like, this is what I'm going to do. And you start taking steps. You're willing to fall down and get back up. But that's the future focus storytelling. And you will then get there. And that is so much fun to work in those kind of areas because one day you pick up your head and you're like, holy moly, this is what I've been talking about. And this is what I created. And then it builds that self-trust that I've been talking about. Another storyteller is a truth storyteller. Someone who shares the facts and is able to connect with their emotions. A truth storyteller shares the entire story, the pitfalls, the falling down moments, as well as embraces and owns the good. It's so important, my friend, to own the good. Our lives have all of it, right? We have great things and we have difficult things. There's so much. And to be able to own the good, whether it's having gratitude for the things that you're grateful for in your life and being able to own the good. An example I gave to a client this week is, I often don't think about this, is we have running water. You know, that is something that is fantastic. Like when I really think about it, to have running water and to not have to worry about it and think about it, it is fantastic. So even when I go through hard days, I can go back to, well, I have running water. I have running water. And while that may not seem important, It's because of the privilege that I live in that I don't even have to think about that. So there is good in even all the hard stuff. When COVID first happened, I immediately stepped into, I felt all the stuff and I immediately stepped into my gratitude practice. What am I grateful for? What do I have control over? And as Mark Barr, former guest on my show, has said he controls the controllables. What are the things that I can control? So A truth storyteller is able to share the facts of the story, connect with the emotions, be able to have the space for all the emotions. We want to have the rainbow of emotions, the dark emotions. We just don't want to live in them and the good emotions. Now, what you'll need to be able to have the capacity for all of these emotions is you'll need courage. 
It takes courage to allow these feelings because oftentimes people are afraid to feel the bad feelings, the painful feelings, because they think, but I'll be stuck there forever. But they can feel the feelings. You can feel the feelings and move through them. That's why it's so important to do your mindset practice, to understand your emotions and have an emotional intelligence so that you can move through them versus them being an anchor for you. And the courage is so important because it allows you to face the uncomfortable. But the beauty, my friend, is that when you can face the uncomfortable, you can also feel the good feelings. And then it's about having the courage to feel the good feelings. I can't tell you how often a client will want to get a job or a promotion or a relationship and they get it and then they're freaking out. And I'm like, but this is exactly what you wanted because it's so afraid of, but what will happen when I lose it? Notice how we go back to that. We're so afraid of loss. And what we need to do is really enjoy the joy of the moment and embrace it and fill ourselves up with it so that we have the capacity to handle the hard things. So you're going to need courage to feel the painful feelings. And many of us are really good at feeling and indulging in the painful feelings. And you're going to need courage to feel the good feelings and to be able to bask in it and go, wow, look at this. And it's like a muscle. You keep practicing it and you're like, wow, like I can't tell you how often in my own life. I'm like, wow, look at this. This is what I've always wanted. Wow. And for a girl who grew up believing that she was a loser from Loser Street, it's mind-blowing. Take it in and appreciate it and enjoy it and know that in the next moment, in the next hour, something can happen. There can be news. There can be something. And I'll have the resilience to move through it. The other part that's really important in addition to courage is self-care. And I'm not talking about self-care, meaning like a bubble bath, though for maybe for some of you, that may be it. For me, that's not. But being able to take care of yourself so that you can have the capacity to feel all the feelings. And so some examples of self-care of a client who has done a lot of paint by numbers and actually during the winter holidays, that's what I wound up doing. I did a paint by number and I just got another kit last night. So I'm excited to open it up over the weekend. But there's a nice structure to it and to be able to create and have focus. And that's a form of self-care. It can be cleaning up your environment. During the holidays, we cleaned out our garage because we have uh, weights that we got. And it felt so good to do that and get some of the dirt that had been building up in the garage and be able to get things more organized. It felt really good. That's a form of self-care. What are your self-care things? Sleep is a huge form of self-care. So important that we sleep so that our body can go through and take care of itself and do all the mending and the cleaning up and the flushing out of our brain and our bodies. And also it allows our brain to start working on problems that we may need to solve, but you can do it while you're asleep. So sleep is really, really important. Connecting with people can be a form of self-care. Self-care is the fuel that you put inside of you so that you have the resilience and the capacity to go through the hard things as well as to be able to enjoy and dream about and create this life that you want to have. So courage to be in ownership of embracing the good life because we're really good at protecting ourselves because we're so afraid of joy because it's while we want to seek it. 
it is the most vulnerable feeling. And so we'll armor our hearts up because we're like, what will happen when the other shoe drops? Like, okay, this is great. But what happens when I lose it? This happens with money, you all. When people, when they think, oh, I'm going to make this much money. I'm going to be worth this much money. And they think once I get there, it'll be my promised land and I won't have any worries. And what actually happens is they get triggered into, oh my gosh, but what if I lose it? Then I'm going to be that failure. I'm going to be that person who made all, I had this one client who's like, I'm going to be that person who made millions of dollars and then lost it all. Right. And the shame that came from that story. So we're so afraid to embrace the good because we're like, if we embrace the good, it's going to go away. So you need to have courage and then you need to have self-care to take care of yourself. Then the other thing is to have empathy, which is perspective taking, right? Checking in with the stories. What is true? What is not? What's the emotions that are dialing up? You know, am I feeling shame? Am I feeling frustration? Am I feeling anger? Am I feeling joy? Am I feeling calm, confidence? What are you feeling? Checking in, being able to have something that you can connect with that can help give you perspective. Because sometimes when we're in our own stories, it's hard to get that perspective. You want to be able to have the ability to feel the emotions and hold space for all the emotions. We don't need to live in it. We don't need to indulge in it, but we can hold space for it and then we can let it pass through. And the ability to have that tension from the good in our lives and the hard and the bad, it's all of it. We've been in this mistake of thinking that once we get here, once we do this, once we become X, it will only be good. It's all of it. And that's the important thing is that you are built, my friends, to be able to have the capacity to do it all. So making sure that you have courage and self-care and empathy so that you can be a truth storyteller because that is the powerful story. What's the story? What's the narrative you want to have? I had a client who received her comp numbers for this year. And she's like, Corinne, that is crazy. That's just crazy. And that story there was something that we had to do some work around because it's not crazy. But that was a way to, you know, it was blowing her mind, but it's not crazy. And so what's the truth? What's the narrative you want to write? Instead of thinking something's crazy, because then you're like, but it's not possible or I'm not deserving. What's really underneath that thought, right? What's your truth? What's the narrative you want to write about your life? That's the narrative I invite you to write. And then as you write that narrative, as you tell that story, notice, are you rising up into your story? to live the life you want and you will create for yourself. And that's the difference between a fantasy dreamer escapist versus rising up to the story that you're telling about yourself. Here's what's happened and here's who I am and this is what I'm doing. So your thing to practice and go out and do is when you're telling a story, when you're talking about what happened in your life, are you story fondling? Are you talking about the same thing over and over and over and not making forward movement? And notice how you feel. Like, are you creating a story fondling around living in the swampland of shame? The poor me, woe is me. Do your stories dial up painful feelings? Or are you telling a story where it's dialing up calm and compassion and joy or inspiration for you, motivation? And if you notice that you're worried or anxious and afraid, 
check in with your stories. And my invitation for you is to stop story funneling. Stop telling the stories over and over and over again. Instead, tell yourself the true stories. And how do you know if they're true? (laughs) Here you go. You ask yourself this very important question. Is that true? The other one you can ask is, what is really true here? And my friend, tell yourself the truth. Instead of saying, this should not be happening, you know you can figure things out. You can say, I can figure things out. That is a way better story. So remember, the stories you tell can hold you back or empower you. Which do you choose? My invitation to you is become a storyteller of the future you want for you. I'm smiling big for you. Hey, if you enjoy listening to this podcast, you'll love my weekly emails. I know you're thinking, Corinne, really? Do I want another email in my overflowing inbox? Yes, you do. Yippee, skippy, you do. These are short. They're sweet. On Fridays, I send out the Friday podcast. It's a great reminder that there's a new show and it comes straight into your inbox of the latest episode. Awesome. You click on it, you go straight because we all need reminders. We have busy full lives. And then on Sundays, I have my Sunday love column. And these are emails I write from the heart. They're filled with love. We need more love. We all do, myself included. These are short emails where you get a quick takeaway so you can incorporate this into your life because people often want to know what to do and how to do it. And maybe sometimes it's a story that you get, or there's like one time I wrote about the 10 ways to practice gratitude. And that became such a great tool when one of the readers was struggling in the middle of the night, because it can be a scary place in our brains in the middle of the night. And she remembered the email that I sent about 10 ways to practice gratitude. And she was able to practice gratitude and fall back asleep. And that was an awesome lesson for her to incorporate into her life. Go to the show notes and there's a link in the show notes where you can sign up and get these emails in your box. On a lake, she is dreaming, she is drifting, never been so wild.